0: Welcome to the Legally Speaking Podcast presented by STBB, a conversation dedicated to answering your legal questions and a platform where our team of specialist attorneys share their expert advice and legal know-how with South Africans welcome to another session of Legally Speaking. And today we are going to be discussing mortgage bonds and specifically the enforcement of mortgage bonds. And with me today, I've got Stefan Hochard, litigation expert at our Claremont branch, and Olivia Harvey in our bonds and commercial bonds department at Claremont, who will be addressing today's session. So to kick off, let's start. What are we talking about with mortgage bonds?
1: So when it comes to mortgage bonds, if we try to understand, firstly, in order to understand how to enforce it, we need to understand what it is. But in order to understand what it is, I just need to give you a bit of context, right? So when you go to the bank for financing, typically a person will go to the bank for home loan financing, so to purchase a property, you enter into a loan agreement with the bank. And the loan agreement will contain certain conditions. Um, and one of those conditions will be registration of a mortgage bond. So apart from containing information like how much they're going to lend you, what the interest rate is, there are certain conditions that need to be complied with um, to bolster the bank's security in lending you that money. So one of them uh, is registration of the bond. And another very important one in the loan agreement is enforcement of the loan agreement. So you'll find this generally under the headings of dispute resolution or default, uh, whatever the wording is, it basically regulates in the event of following circumstances happening and a very big one is failing to perform in terms of the loan agreement, then it regulates what will then take place, so the procedure that will then take place. Um, It confirms that you're going to go to the high court, for example, or in what instances arbitration takes place. But that is a very important clause um, that helps litigation attorneys like Steerfund to do what they need to do in enforcing a bond. So the issues that we have with loan agreements, a lot of clients often say, well, I've signed this loan agreement, I've put up additional security like sessions and guarantees and indemnities. Why is it necessary to still register a bond? And that's for the simple fact that a loan agreement is only an agreement between you and the bank. So it's a personal right that is created in favor of the bank. And this naturally exposes the bank to a lot of risk in the sense that if you, the bank doesn't monitor your financial ongoings after you've dealt with the bank in terms of your home loans. So you go to another creditor, you incur more debt, you go to another creditor, you incur more debt. At some point, should you become insolvent, the bank needs to know that they are 100% secured, that what they loaned you, they'll be able to recover back from you. So you can see how this exposes the bank to risk to just have a personal right in terms of the loan agreement. and. That is a problem because the banks are pivotal to our economic structure. The bank essentially cannot fail because if the bank fails, that could cause economic failure, so to speak. Right. So the banks need something stronger than just a personal right to claim their money back. And this is when registration of a bond comes in. So going back to the question of what is a bond? A bond is essentially a borrower that's given the right to the bank, and they can give that right because they are the owner of the property. So it's given the right to the bank that in the event of anything happening, uh, in the event of me not being able to pay off my debt and default proceedings taking place, then you have the right to be able to sell my property to recover the monies in order to settle that debt. So it's registered in the deeds office and it gives the bank a lot stronger rights, um, which is known as a real right, as opposed to a personal right in terms of the loan agreement. So that is what a mortgage bond is. That's what a bond is. And in this bond, um, it also, again, contains certain special conditions. So it will confirm, number one, that you are truly indebted to the bank. Number two, it sets a cap. So there's a maximum amount which needs to be set that the bank cannot go over. There needs to be certainty as to what the bank can claim. Um, And that's generally comprised in the form of a capital amount, which is generally the amount that the bank would loan you. And an additional sum, which is an amount that in the event of the bank taking legal action against you, they can incur additional debts to cover, to settle any legal costs that are involved. And that's covered under the additional sum amount. It also goes further to generally most home loans are uh, continuing covering bonds. And what that means is it doesn't only secure you for the existing present debt, but also for future debts should you go back to the bank and take out a further amount. So long as it's covered up to the capital amount that's under the bond. So you can, in future, go back to the bank and take out more money with the bank, right? And then another very important clause that is contained in the bond is a breach notice. And a breach notice essentially says you are now in breach. Uh, and it, it's read in conjunction with the loan agreement. So for whatever reasons you are in breach, and the debt is now due and payable. And that's how the bank is able to recover full amount of the loan, um, as opposed to what is, because loans naturally are over a long period of time. So instead of claiming it in 20 years time, they can accelerate that debt to become due and enforceable now, because you breach the agreements that you and the bank initially had. So that's essentially a bond in a nutshell. And uh, those are the clauses that litigation attorneys like Stefan will look at in terms of acting under the bond to do what they need to do um, when enforcing a bond. Another great thing about a bond is that it gives the bank a first preference. So like I said, in the event of insolvency, all the creditors are coming after your estate, right? and the bank wants to make sure that the amount that they loaned you, they are secured in getting that that back. So it gives the bank a first preference if they register that first bond of your property in the event of solvency. And then I just want to reiterate one more point that we need to remember that um, the loan agreement is not a lesser document than the mortgage bond, right? And the reason why I emphasize that is that uh, we often get comments about this where uh, the, the client will say, well, the bank only loaned me $1 million, and I, they want me to register a bond for $1.5 million, and that means that the bank can then claim more than what they actually gave to me, and that's actually not the case. The loan agreement is still the primary document, um, and the indebtedness created in that loan agreement is what can be recovered. Um, so attorneys like Stefan will act in terms of the loan agreement, But on the strength of the registration of the bond, they can attach the property to recover funds towards settling the debt if they need to. That's basically it in terms of loan agreements and bonds. And at this point is when I take my neatly registered bond and I hand it over to Stair for enforcement of that bond.
0: So I think like like you've said, um, just to uh, kind of summarize it, if you are a buyer and or a purchaser and you're purchasing your property, you need to take out a loan because you cannot pay for the full amount. You take out the loan, you sign a loan agreement with the bank. So at that point, it's between you and the bank only and they've got their certain clauses within that agreement. Um, For the bank's purposes and for their benefit, they register the bond over the property as security for the repayment Of that, the money that you've you've borrowed from there. So I think the the thing that um, the listeners also would like to understand is just, you know, the different clauses also refer to like just your general payment and your insurance and Mm. so on. So it would be those clauses, if you breach them, that that Stefan would step in and, and, um, you know, recoup or enforce the loan agreement.
1: So in terms of the loan agreement, and we're going back to the loan agreement, think of the. Think of the bond as it contains, it's like a general catch-all, but your loan agreement is very specific to your debt, right? So in terms of the breach provision in that loan agreement is what Stephen will act in accordance with. So that covers a myriad of circumstances. So if there's any sort of dispute on interpretation of your rights and obligations, um, or if there's any uh, failure on your part to, let's say, Settle a bond, or to perform a certain thing at a certain time, then your your breach provision comes in, and that's what uh, litigation attorneys will act uh, in terms of.
0: So, uh, the loan agreement with the bank, um, you have registered the bond against the property for for um, uh, to secure the property as repayment for the bond. Now, at a later stage. Uh unfortunately I'm not able to make payment this month and I maybe skip one or two payments. Uh so Stefan, what happens then?
2: Yeah, okay. This is now where we come to enforcing the bond or as Olivia rightly pointed out, you actually first enforce the loan agreement and then on that basis you then enforce the the mortgage bond. and short answer is you can only do that with a court order and it's it's more commonly I'm referred to as foreclosing on a bond. But let me quickly explain. As Olivia said, um, you first need to look at your loan agreement and to see whether you're entitled to call up the loan, if you will. And that that that's all based on the terms of the loan agreement and what um the circumstances are. The most common example is that uh, a specific monthly installment's not been paid and notwithstanding notice given, the party's not remedied that breach, and then the bank or the party that's advanced the loan will be entitled to call up the loan. So put differently, that party will be entitled to get a monetary judgment for payment in terms of that loan. So that actually presupposes the answer is that you need to institute legal proceedings to get that judgment against the person. If in terms of the loan agreement, you are entitled to do so. On the back of that, you will also then ask for the court to foreclose on the mortgage bond or, how we say, declare it specially executable. That's a very technical term to say, yes, you can foreclose on your bond and you can um, proceed with that security to enforce the judgment debt. So you would first institute legal proceedings to get your monetary judgment against the debtor. And then you would also, in the same legal proceedings or on a different court date, ask the court to declare the property special executive and say that you can enforce the mortgage bond. But that specific step can be broken in two two avenues, roughly speaking. On the one side, you get commercial property. In our law, the the bar is not that high to get the bond enforced on the commercial property. And if you can prove that in terms of the, the, the terms of the mortgage bond you're entitled to, the court will invariably say that, yes, you can proceed and the sheriff can take the necessary steps to attach. But where it gets more tricky is where it relates to residential property, and specifically if the debtor uses the, the specific property that's been mortgaged as a primary residence, and our law's been recently been developed that there's a, a more of an equity test or a, just an equitable test that has to be implied when you try and foreclose on a primary residential property, our um, constitution, obviously affords various rights to people, one of it, which is housing. And the court will then do a specific or uh, inquiry into the specific circumstance of the debtor to make a decision whether the, the, the party that's lent the money, for instance, in our example, the bank can foreclose on it. Those examples can be a myriad of examples. One, is there any other way of executing the judgment debt? How second example is how many installments the debt has missed? What's total indebtedness? That's what I'm trying to imply. What's the value of the property? So it's a lot of factors that um, are taken into consideration. But the point that I want to make is in order to foreclose on a primary residential property, your bar is a lot higher than when it comes to commercial. So. Just to summarize, how to foreclose on a, on a property is simple. You need to first be able to get a monetary judgment based on the terms of the loan agreement, which requires legal proceedings to be instituted. And once that monetary judgment is obtained, you can ask the court to give the thumbs up on foreclosing on the bond, i.e. enforcing the bond. And then the procedure will follow where the sheriff of the court will be mandated to actually sell the property and the proceeds will be paid to the bank and any surplus will be paid to the debt.
0: So I think another uh, important question that Olivia touched on as well was uh, where she had made mention of the amount uh, that you stipulate within your bond and also specifically the additional amount that is referred to. So in total, what would the value or the when the, the bank has to recoup their loan, what would that uh, cost include? or the, the total value include that they need to recoup from, from that sale of that property. Just like
1: that. Um, so those are also provisions that will be contained in your loan agreement and your bond, right? So one of the important conditions is, should there be a proof of indebtedness necessary? That will be sufficient. Generally, it will be sufficient if the manager of the bank, let's say if it is the bank that's letter, the manager of the bank will issue a certificate of indebtedness, right? But should you, as the borrower, say, well, no, actually, I'm not indebted to that extent, unfortunately, and depending on whether the National Credit Act applies, there are also renunciations that are contained in the bond that says you renounce the right um, to dispute that, and essentially it puts the burden of proof on the borrower, right? um So if the bank just says you are indebted to us for X amount, and the borrower queries that, the burden of, of proof is on the borrower to prove that that amount is or what the correct amount is. Yeah, that's correct. That's yeah.
2: correct. But I, I think from from if I can give the litigation answer to this is that you look at obviously the capital amount outstanding, mm-hmm. the interest that's. On that amount. But on top of that, your legal costs that have been incurred by the bank will also fall under the the total amount that you will be able to foreclose on um, the property. And that's where Olivia spoke earlier about the the ceiling or the cap that's essentially dealt with in the mortgage bond. It's ordinarily higher than the actual amount advanced, for obvious reasons. I mean, there's interest that can accrue and legal costs. But at the end of the day, for purpose of foreclosing on the property, your ceiling will essentially be the amount that's stipulated.
0: So my question then, and I think, Stefan, you had a different talk on insolvency specifically, but what if you register a, your property value is 2.5 million, you register a bond of say 1.8 because that's what the bank has valued it at. And now at foreclosure, like within an auction or whatever, the property gets sold off for a lower amount than the 1.8 or the total value that the the bank has actually um, you know, borrowed initially to you, what is the process then? Do they just write off the fees, or if they sell it for more, then do you just get the benefit of the rest of the amount or how does that happen?
2: Well, in the context of insolvency, so firstly, the bank that has the mortgage bond registered will be a secured creditor, so the bank will play a quite an integral role in the sale of the property but The property sold for less than what the total outstanding indebtedness is, the bank will essentially get the full sale proceeds and the balance can then be lodged in the insolvent estate as a concurrent claim. Um so the bank will still have an opportunity to recoup the balance. I guess whether that will ever happen is a different story, and I I guess a a talk regarding insolvency and insolvent estates. But Ordinarily, and again, Olivia touched upon it. There are other ways of securing um, loan amounts, such as sureties, and the bank can always pursue another form of security by um, for the balance. If mm-hmm. again, and as I said, if it's sold for a surplus in the context of insolvency, again, the bank will get uh, the amount that's secured, and the balance will go into the the general pool on an insolvent estate for all the other creditors whether they're it or prefer.
1: just to also touch on the point that the banks as i mentioned are very risk averse and they they prefer to have a certain loan to value cap so to speak, right? So they will they will always make sure, sometimes the bank might not even give you a 100% loan. Maybe they'll give you 80% loan depending on your affordability. So the bank has an obligation in terms of the acts they, they are regulated under to make sure that they don't over-debt the client. But... Um, As you said, you know, things happen along the line. People become insolvent at a later point. But the banks do try and put measures in place initially in the event of that happening, whether it's by way of session of accounts or session of insurance or guarantees and indemnities. There are additional means of security involved. To make sure that they are fully covered for the full amount.
0: Okay. So, uh, Stefan, I think one of the questions that our listeners will also have is in terms of turnaround time, what are we talking about with uh, commercial property versus residential property from the time that you've missed your few payments and the bank starts to, you know, um, foreclose on the property uh, up until the point where you actually sell the property off? What does that turnaround time look like?
2: Yeah, it's not that there's not that big of a difference between commercial and residential. Um, I think your first question is going to be is if the National Credit Act applies, because then you're going to have to follow a specific time period in giving notices, but ultimately that's just 10 business days. So that does not necessarily add too much to the process, but where the time period starts getting quite long is because we're reliant on the court system and the dates are not always. I mean, the court days are quite slim these days. So that is actually what adds to a very long process. So turnaround time, I think conservatively can be three to four months to, to get your order and uh, a writ of execution issued and to get the sheriff then to go sell the property itself. How long that sale takes is then dependent on the sheriff's turnaround time, which is also very difficult to answer. But I think one can look at if everything goes smoothly about three to four months.
0: And I think if you are in that, you are in that position where you've got a bond and you realize you can't make payments anymore. uh, What would your best steps be in uh, either circumventing the issue or maybe dealing with the bank? Because you know I must either go the insolvency route or I must do whatever because I have children in my house. I need to actually make informed decision on on what's best. Um, So what would that be for for our listeners?
1: Number one avenue is always contact your banker. I would. I would. That's what I would suggest. Always make contact with the bank. Don't let the bank hound you and follow up with you. Don't ignore the bank. <laughs> you know, respond to the bank, and they will try to accommodate you as best as they can in terms of whether it's um, sort of uh, if they can restructure your loan to extend the the, date, the the term to make your repayments lower. Whatever the circumstances are, they will. Try and put in measures to help you as best as possible, keeping in mind that it's always the last case scenario for the banks to want to execute on a property in order to recover their monies. The banks hold their relationship with their clients very highly um, and they won't just willy nilly want to destroy that. Um, So at least from my side, I would say make sure that you that you have contact bank donate lawyers.
2: Yeah, that's that it will always be your first port of call um and I agree with that. If that does not succeed, I would suggest looking at a private sale. Ultimately, um if the bank is willing to agree to that, they ordinarily won't have a problem to cancel the bond against your private sale. That then takes that then puts the debtor in control of the entire process. Or other ways of looking at it is also as we said the insolvency route. Ultimately that does not necessarily I guess a bearing on the property, it's it, it's more a case of a lineage drawn in the sand. But what there's also more of an intermediary type of intermediate example that you can use or step to take, and that's debt review in terms of the National Credit Act. A party can look at placing him or herself under debt review, but that also has its own requirements and steps to take. It's, that's not necessarily always an option, it's only certain circumstances.
0: Thank you so much, Stefan and Olivia. So if someone wanted to get hold of you, uh, and discuss maybe the avenues or whatever it is that they need to, um, to understand better, uh, enforcement of bonds and the litigation process that goes with it, um, how would they be able to contact you?
2: Well, for, for the enforcement side, you can always contact litigation at stbb.co.za
1: or you can use info at stbb.co.za. Great. Thank you so much.
0: Great. Thank, Thank you. you. Legally speaking, this podcast has come to an end. Thanks for joining the conversation. And if you like what you're hearing, visit us at stbb.co.za for more info.